Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Well, it's my absolute joy to be with you. And uh, it's nice to be in a warm country. Uh, last, last week, last Sunday, I was ministering in temperatures of somewhere between minus 25 and minus 28. Now, we were inside. They had central heating in Canada, so that was okay. Uh, but it's, it's nice to be home and it's nice to be with you. And it's my joy just for a few moments today to share something from the Bible. So if you want to follow a reading with me, I'm going to read from a book in the Bible called Ephesians. Uh, just a short reading. Uh, so if you're a guest with us and you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. Uh, it won't take long to do this. If you are a follower of Jesus and you've got your Bible, then why don't you grab it with me? It's Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 14. And we'll just read down to the end of that particular chapter. So this is a man called Paul uh, writing. He's writing to a church a bit like this one, uh, just in a different city in the first century world. And here's what he says, verse 14. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Uh, th- thinking about the dedication this morning, I have a little book, and it's, it's called Letters to God. And it's uh, comments that children have made when they've been uh, reflecting. And this is a little letter from an eight-year-old girl called Nan. And uh, she said this, Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. Um, And when when we come to think and speak about the love of God, I think that's one one of our own challenges. We're trying to understand something that the Bible talks a lot about, and we've been talking a lot about this morning, this love that this God has for us, A love so great that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And when we come to think about the love of God, we're often thinking about our own experience with love. Whether that's a good experience, a bad experience, or an ugly experience. And sometimes my experience of something then projects itself onto stuff said about God. So if the Bible says to me, God loves me, Jesus loves me, he cares for me. Uh, my, my challenge is I'm trying to understand that in the light of my own experience. And sometimes that can get in the way. Sometimes that can hurt an understanding 
of the love of the Lord uh, to us. And it's, it's trying to understand uh, what he wants to do in our lives because it's, it's a pure thing within us, regardless of the experience we have. Uh, there's a beautiful version of the Bible, and it says this in one of the verses that we've read today. It says, And I ask him that with both feet firmly on love, you will be able, uh, with all Christians, to understand the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. I love that. Uh, when Paul writes to the church, he says, I want you to grasp how big God's love is, how uh, extravagant God's love is. I want you to understand that it's high and it's wide and it's deep and it's long. And then he goes on to say, I want you to grab something that's really hard to understand. It's almost outside of your understanding. And there's a bit of a contradiction there. In fact, uh, Pastor Phil sort of alluded to it earlier on, that, that there are some things we can't understand just by learning alone. That although we can uh, think about height and length and depth and width, actually uh, even that won't, won't help me understand what, what God's love looks like because it's so vast and it's so, it's so beyond my experience. Uh, as I said earlier on in my introduction, I was in Canada last week and uh, they were very, very kind to me. They gave me a day off, which was wonderful. So I, I essentially landed on the Thursday night. And from Friday right through to Tuesday, uh, we had lots of activity, doing lots of teaching and various things. On the Wednesday, I had a day off. And they said, we're going to take you to the Rockies. Now, I was staying in Calgary. And in the city of Calgary, you can literally see the Rockies from where you are. I mean, they're vast. They're absolutely amazing. And that was one of the things on my bucket list. I would love to see the Rockies. And so when they said, we'll go and spend the day in the Rockies, then we'll take you to the airport, you can fly home. I went, that will be amazing. So we went up there at temperatures of, of a mild minus 15. Quite warm by the time we got up there. Didn't have my thermals on. Managed to just, you know, cope with my coat and my scarf. And one of the places my host took me to was Lake Minnewanka. That's a real name. You can, you can Google that later on. Lake Minnewanka. And Lake Minnewanka is the largest lake in the Rockies. And it is 21 kilometers long. That's about 13 to 14 miles in real money. Um, 13 to 14 miles long and about a, a 400 to 500 foot deep. Okay, so it's pretty vast. Um, and we stood on Lake Minnewanka. Now, it wasn't because suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came on me and I managed to learn to walk on water for a few moments. It was because the whole of that lake was completely frozen. 21 kilometers long, 14 miles approximately long, 500 foot deep, and the whole of the lake frozen to about a foot and a half thick. You could drive a car onto the lake. Isn't that, isn't that amazing, right? Now, when me and you think of frozen lakes, we're thinking about the local pond in the park, you know, and the ducks sort of can't get under the, under the ice. That's our sort of limit to this. Try and get your head into that. For people, maybe your background is a much warmer climate and you've never seen anything like this. It's unimaginable. I was, I was standing on a lake in temperatures colder than my freezer. My peas at home were warmer than I was. Are you with me? Now, I'm trying to describe this to my mother, my 83-year-old mother from Belfast, 
who's never seen anything like this. And I said, Mother, I stood on a lake. And I sent her some pictures. So she, she's got a bit of a help with that. I said, Mother, I stood on a lake, a frozen lake. And she went, oh, that's lovely, son. <laughs> no, Mother, Mother, you don't understand. It was vast. She said, well, how big was it? I said, well, it's like 14 miles long, 500 foot deep. And it's in a foot and a half thick with, with ice. I said, Mommy, let me help you. That's like for where you live in Northern Ireland, driving to Belfast, that whole drive. She lives in a place called Bangor, driving the whole way to Belfast on a frozen lake. And she went, oh. <laughs> so how was your day, son? Are you okay? Is everything all right? She just wasn't getting it. Now, here's the thing. I could flip open Google I could Wikipedia Lake Minnewonka, and I could show my mom all the dimensions of that thing, but she's never going to get it. But I've stood on it. I felt like an ant, a cold ant, uh, on that lake. It was absolutely breathtaking. I mean, mountains all around you. And you're, you're standing on a lake that is completely and absolutely solid. It's like walking on solid ground. Now, up to that point, I know that happens, but I've never experienced it. So my, my friends from other parts of the world said, John, it's cold here. And I go, yeah, yeah, okay. But when you experience it, when you step on the lake, suddenly... You get it. Suddenly, it looks different. I I think that that's a little bit of the challenge with some of the stuff we've been talking about today. And maybe if you're a guest with us, you're going, what are these people going on about? Well, the the, the challenge is that, that actually some of these people in this room have stepped onto a lake. Metaphorically speaking, it's changed their lives. We've stepped into the love of God that up to that point seemed like just dimensions on Google, just like facts on Wikipedia, stuff that you just learn, oh yeah, that's cool, but when you step into it and you step onto it, you go, wow, wow, this thing's amazing, this thing's awesome, this thing is life transforming, and that's sort of what happened to me, by by putting my faith in Jesus Christ, it, it opened up a world that I was allowed to step into, and suddenly I'm inside that world now, and it looks completely different to what it looked like when I was outside that world. Outside the world, it looked a bit weird. Outside the world, I don't understand minus 15. I don't understand 14 miles of ice. Suddenly, I'm in it. I'm on it. I go, wow, I get it. I get it. I now, now when someone talks to me about ice lakes, I go, got it. Why? Because I stepped into it. And that's part of the challenge here with, with, with Paul saying, he said, I want you to get these dimensions, but it, like, there's nothing in your brain. There's nothing in your world that's going to help you get this. There's no page on Google going to help you with this. He says, you've got to step into that. You, you, you've got to have the courage and the faith to step into the love of God and let that love transform you. And, and that's what this church is about. That's what a, this dedication is about. Jeremiah hasn't become a Christian this morning, but our hope and our prayer is that somehow we have invited the Lord into his life and that somewhere along his journey, he'll go from knowing the dimensions of the frozen lake to standing on it. 
he, he'll know something about, oh yeah, the, the love of God. Yeah, I've heard about that in Sunday school. I've heard about that in children's church. I've heard about that in Cain's. To suddenly go, wow, I see it. I get it for myself. And the gateway into that, that, that love is, is simply opening up our hearts by faith. And saying, Lord, we want to see this love. We want to experience this love. And maybe you've come from a background where, where you've no religious a background at all. Maybe, maybe you've come from a very religious background. It really makes no difference because there's nothing in your world that will help you with this. Whatever your background, whatever your journey, we've got we've to come to the Lord and say, Lord, op- open my heart so that I can see what's impossible to see. Open my mind so that I can start to grasp something that, that nothing in my brain or experience can help me with. A love so amazing. A love so vast. A love so awesome, a love so big and wide and deep and long that actually even in our best moments as humans, we're just scratching the surface of this thing. And that's our message and that's our hope. And so, so although this thing is so vast that we can't get a grip on it, there are little clues in the Bible that help us start to make a journey to it. I'm going to introduce you to three little clues. That will maybe just help each one of us step onto the ice. Is that all right? Yeah. Without driving the Lake Mini Wonka analogy too far. Uh, so here we go. It's just I'm still pumped with it. That's why I'm sharing it. I'm just go for this. Here's the first idea I want you to get really quickly. Um, this vast love, this humongous love of God is unconditional. An amazing idea this. And unconditional means exactly what it says on the tent. It's without condition. I was on a missions trip to um, Colombia uh, and I had an amazing time, fantastic time. I remember going uh, to a particular ministry area and there was a sign in Spanish on the wall. And I was getting some of it. I was getting some of it and working out. I couldn't quite work out fully what the sign said. And so I said to the lady that was there, I said, what does your sign mean in English? And she said this, uh, it means this, God loves good children. And I wanted to rip the sign down. Because that sounds right. But it's wrong. Now, now the reason many people don't spot that it's wrong is because we've been conditioned. You've been conditioned into understanding that if there is a God out there, he'll only love me if. If I'm good. If I'm religious, if I join a church, if I give my money, if I help the poor, etc. Now, is it good to do all of those things? It is. It really is. So, is it good to be a good child? Yes. Amen? That is good. You know, Pastor Phil talked about Jeremiah carrying the aroma of Jesus. There will be days when Jeremiah's aroma isn't so sweet. This gorgeous angelic child will smell in ways you didn't think a human was possible to smell. But he's still their son. Smelly. But still their son. Naughty. But still their son. Some days he'll be like an angel. And other days, 
He'll not. I have three children, 25, 22, 17. I would do anything for my children. I love my kids. I would give them my vital organs if I had them. And every now and again, I wanted to kill every one of them. Is that okay? Is that too honest? I'm just saying. Now, I didn't kill any of them. But there were a few moments. A week. uh, When I wanted to do that. Are, Are you with me? Now, here's the problem as a dad, right? So I'm trying to get my head into God's love. If I, if I think of love conditionally, my children are in trouble. Because it means then they've, they've really got to walk this line. They've really got to be good. In fact, better than good. Maybe perfect would be great. So if you can walk the perfect line, you've got my love, daughter. But that's impossible, Right? Impossible for broken people anyway. It's impossible for broken humans. And God knows that. And actually, his amazing love, his vast love, is so outside of ours because there's no conditions to it. Now, now does, does God like it when we do good stuff? He does. But don't confuse what he likes with what he loves. God loves you full stop. Whether you're brilliant or whether you're not. Whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're black or white, whether you're straight or gay, whether you are married or single, whether you are rich or poor, whatever you are, he loves you full stop, full stop, boom, full stop. Now, there's some stuff I do he doesn't like. And he may say to me, I don't like that. But he doesn't stop loving me because I'm doing stuff he doesn't like. And when I do stuff he does like, he doesn't love me anymore. Are you with me? He doesn't go, ooh, John, scored a few points with me today. Love barometer's gone up. Okay, come on, that's, that's rack that up. You got more love points today. No, no. He, when I do stuff he likes, he goes, love that. That's great. Thank you. I'm blessed by that. When, he do, when I do stuff he doesn't like, he, he, he lets me know through his word. He, he doesn't like that. But his love for me on both sides never changes. He loves me whatever I do. People say, John, don't say that because people will do what they want. Listen, people always do what they want. People just do what they want. What helps me to not do what I want is understanding this, actually. Understanding that he does love me, that it's not down to me walking this perfect line. Are you with me? That's an important idea. I came across a beautiful story in a book by a man called Dr. Robert Sizer. And he was a surgeon, and he performed an operation on a lady to save her life. Now, to save her life, he had to cut into her face to remove a tumor. In order to remove that tumor, he had to cut a number of facial nerves, which meant, in effect, that the young woman would become very physically disfigured. In fact, it would mean that our mouth didn't work properly. It would look like our mouth was constantly out of shape and slanting. And there was nothing he could do about it. It's either save your life or save your looks. And so the young couple in question, you know, obviously and properly went for, well, please save our life. So he did. And I want, I want to read this to you. I don't normally read my notes in full, but I want to read this to you because this story is amazing. And these are the words of the doctor. Just listen to these words. He says, her young husband is in the room. He stands on the opposite side of the bed, and together they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, private. Who are they, I ask myself, he with this wry mouth I have made, who gaze at and touch each other so generously and greedily. 
the young woman speaks, will my mouth always be like this? Yes, I say it will. It's because the nerve was cut. She nods and is silent, but the young man smiles. He says, I like it. It's kind of cute. All at once, the doctor says, I know who he is. I understand and I lower my gaze. One is not bold in an encounter with God. Unmindful, he bends his kiss. He bends to kiss her crooked mouth. And I, so close, can see how he twists his own lips to accommodate hers. To show her that their kiss still works. Do you know the reason I love that? Because I think that's a picture of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that me and you were broken. It wasn't just our kiss that was broken. It wasn't just our mouths and faces that were broken. Our lives were broken and lost, destroyed by sin, destroyed by things that God absolutely hates, destroyed by things that uh, actually will destroy each one of us if we allow it to happen. And yet the Bible says that, that God didn't wait for us to fix ourselves. Oh yeah, when you get your mouth straight, I'll think about kissing you. When you can clean yourself up a wee bit, when you can sort yourself out, hey, come then and we'll have a chat. No, no. Here's what the Bible says. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The, the, the Bible declares that God became flesh for us. What does that mean? Uh, to use that story and without pushing it too far, he literally became our shape in order to save us. He didn't wait for me to get straight and fixed. No, he said, John, you'll never get straight and fixed. That's the problem. You're just not clever enough or good enough to fix yourself. Not, not from the sin problem. There are problems that humans can fix. This problem we can't. That's part of our problem. We think we can and we can't. The only person who can fix the sin problem is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came and, can it, forgive me, he contorted himself into my shape. And showed me that God's love still works. Before I loved him, he loved me. His love is unconditional. That, that'll make your head hurt a little bit. Because as humans, we always attach conditions. If we're honest. But God doesn't. Wow. That's like stepping onto the lake, right? My goodness. Is there a God really in heaven who loves me without condition? The Bible says there is. His extravagant dimensions of his love. Here's the second thing about his love really quickly. Uh, it's unchanging. It's unchanging. I, I looked at gorgeous Jeremiah, and, and he, he managed well, didn't he? He just wasn't quite sure if he was going to handle the, the spotlight, but he did it really well, and he settled down, and he, he went with the flow, uh, and I'm just so blessed. And, and I look at little Je and it reminded me of the dedication services of my own three children. And now, as I say, 25, 22, uh, 17, I couldn't pick up any of them now. Um, they're, they're all, all grown up and, and lovely. But, you know, when, when you look at that child, of course, in a day like today, we're, we're looking at a hopeful future. But, of course, there are challenges ahead of that family. There are challenges ahead for Jeremiah. There will be moments when the commitment we've made today to stay unchanging in our love will be challenged. There will be days, can I say it genuinely now, genuinely, and I'm being really vulnerable with you, but my family give me permission to say this. There are days when you don't like your family so much. Obviously only mine, that happens to you. All right, so it must be a northern thing or something or a, a Celtic thing. Um, 
But, but you know what I mean? If we're really honest, there are days like, I don't like this very much. And that's where love kicks in. If I went on what I liked, I wouldn't be here. Do you understand? If I liked on what I liked, there'd be a lot of people in my world wouldn't be in it. That's the truth. I'm just being really honest with you. If I lived my life according to what I like, my life would be pretty small. But actually what I've had to learn to do as a man, as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor, as a teacher of the Bible, is I've had to follow God's lead on this love. I've got to, got to move beyond what I like and move into love. And, and love, and this, is where it gets, this is where our heads hurt, love doesn't change. Our people change. Husbands change. Wives change. Kids change. Parents change. Governments change. Maybe. <laughs> Brexit, no Brexit. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But it's all changing, isn't it? Our world is constantly changing. And yet, this book tells us that this love remains unchanged. Now, by unchanged, it doesn't mean stuck. It doesn't mean rigid. It doesn't mean like lost in time, unchanging. It means this love is so perfect, this love is so amazing that it doesn't need to change, nor will it change. It will remain constant, even even if I turn around and say to God, I'm out. Stuff you. I don't want to be part of this anymore. Do you know the amazing thing is? His love doesn't change towards me. Now, I've changed, I've walked away, I've backed off, I'm doing my thing, but his love for me remains the same. Does that make sense? A man, in the days before digital cameras and iPhones and smartphones where we do all our pictures on there, a man walked into a photography studio with a frame picture that he desperately wanted to have duplicated. It was a picture of him and his fiancée. And so he went to the uh, photography shop. They, they took it out of the frame uh, in order to get it duplicated. And the, the photographer noticed that there was a message on the back of the picture. And the message went like this. My dearest Tom, I love you with all of my heart. I love you more and more each day. I love you forever and ever. I am yours for all eternity, Diane. P.S. If we ever break up, I want this picture back. <laughs> See, with humans, there's often a PS. Isn't there? It's, it's why we struggle to understand God's love because we have love with a PS at the bottom. There's no PS with God. It's all on the table. And he says to each one of us, I will always love you. Now, you, you can do your thing. You can go your way. You can choose to ignore me. You can choose to reject me. You can choose to do whatever you want with me, but that won't change my love for you. It's an amazing idea. And there's nothing in your brain that gets close to that. Now, we can get a bit close because some of you have experienced staying with an unchanging love for people who no longer want that love or no longer appreciate or understand that love. So some of you know you're nudging. You know what I'm talking about, but they're genuinely, and I've been through a little bit of that. There's nothing in my world that gets close to that idea that I could turn around, t- stick two fingers up at God, and God still loved me. 
You know, where I come from in Belfast, you stick two fingers up at us, we just break your fingers off. <laughs> Make you eat them. Are you with me? See, humans struggle with this. It's like, it's like, wow, Lake Minnewanka. And we go, John, that's amazing. But you're sitting there, you're going, well, unless you've ever stood on that lake, you just go, I, I don't get any of that. But when you step into this love, suddenly, suddenly you're realizing this love is vast, amazing and awesome. His love is not only unconditional, it is unchanging. Here's the last little idea, and then I'm going to bring it to a close. You'll be glad to hear. Last little idea is his love is unlimited. The extravagant dimensions of his love. So high. We used to sing in Sunday school a little song in Belfast. The love of Jesus is so wonderful. So high you can't get over it. So low you can't get under it. So wide you can't get round it. Oh, wonderful love. So simple, so profound, so amazing and so true that is. His love is unlimited. No limit. Even, many, even Lake Minnewanka has a limit comes to an end eventually. If me and my friend had have got on the ice and stayed on the ice and kept walking, we would have eventually come to the end of that magnificent lake and had an amazing experience. In fact, he's an ultra runner. Why? Uh, He's an ultra runner um, in his spare time. Um, And he has run the rim of that lake for fun. (laughs) Fun and run. What is that? Okay, but there we are. Uh, but he has run that now. So he's literally run around the, the extremities of that lake and experienced something of its amazing dimensions. But even magnificent Lake Minnewanka comes to an end. God's love. Unlimited. Now, there's nothing in your brain that's going to help you with that. Me and you, we're running out of options now. The wildest, most imaginative, creative person in this room is now running out of brain power on that issue. Because we can't understand unlimited. Yeah. We love going to the cinema. And my son has an unlimited Cineworld card. And I keep saying to him, but it is limited. It's not an unlimited card. It's unlimited. The, the, or it's, it's limited. There's, there, you know, it says you, you, you can go to the restaurant and get 25% off. That's a limit right there. If it's unlimited, we get the food free. Are you with me? So, so unlimited gets defined in, in different ways. And of course, we, we, we're just trying to get our head around what that looks like. But it's this idea of his unlimited love for every single one of us. And, and actually he wants to invite us into that world. A world of conditions. A world of change. A world of limit. A world where some people in this room have heard people say to you, I love you, but, but there's been conditions attached. I love you, but actually now I've changed my mind. Found something else. I love you, but somehow we've run out of steam on the journey. And, and that's why it's hard for us, because we, we read a passage like the one I've just read, and it's, it's like, 
high and deep and long and wide. And my experience can take me sort of towards the lake. But there's nothing in my experience that helps me with those numbers. That's where I need faith. That's where I need to believe. That's where I need to be prepared to to sort of disengage my human limit, my human logic, my human brain, and step into something that's bigger than my brain. Now, that love will help my brain. That love will help my logic eventually. But if I try to fit that into what my head is saying, it's never going to work. So that's where faith comes. Faith's not blind. It's not stupid. Paul's not asking us to believe something wildly or stupidly. He's asking us to believe something that is as real as that lake. In fact, even more real. But he's saying in order to get that, you've got to step beyond the limits of your brain. You've got to step beyond the limits of your experience. And you've got to be prepared to open yourself up to something that is bigger than anything you've ever experienced I, I can I say without sounding in any way uh, superior I've experienced that it's not because you know I had a brilliant education it's not because I have a PhD I've experienced that because but like Pastor Phil said earlier on something of the revelation something of the inside of the love of God has come to me and it's like that moment where you go wow wow but what can help that moment is that you and I are open to that moment We invite God into that moment. We say, Lord, if this love of yours really does exist, I open up my heart and my mind to the possibility of receiving that love. I'm prepared to step out onto a lake of impossibility in order to experience something of your grace and of your mercy. And this morning we celebrated with with the family with lovely little Jeremiah, as we see the potential and the amazing opportunity ahead of this boy and what he could become, there's a sense that that's the same for every person in this room. Even the oldest person in this room. God looks at you and he sees everything you can become, everything that he originally put inside you to become. And and the planet gets at that and life gets at that and pain gets at that and disappointment gets at that and nasty stuff gets at that and it tries to rip it all away, but it's still there. And the only person who can rescue that, call that out, redeem that, fix that, make that what it was originally intended to be is, is the one who originally made you, made you in his image, God in heaven who sent Jesus to save us, to call us back to our redeemed and original state in him. And that's what, we're, that's what the, the message of this church is. That's what all this singing has been about. That, that's what this lovely dedication has been about because we literally believe that, that this God is not just a way up there in some distant outer space hideout, but he's here, right here in this room, right here, in the glory and the mess of humanity, right here in the everyday, the boring, the mundane, and the routine. He's here. He came and literally lived with us. He moved into the neighborhood. And we believe by his presence that we can't always see or feel, he is literally with us. Why is he with us? Because he loves us. He's not with us because we're cool. Because we aren't. Humans are pretty stupid overall. Anyway, we'll have great moments, but we're pretty stupid overall. We're pretty broken, 
we have glimpses of glory in, and in depravity all in the same day. So he's not attracted to us because of what we're offering him. He's coming to us because of his love for us and who we are in him. And he comes to us and says, why don't you open up your heart to the extravagant dimensions of my love? And I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm just going to invite you to do that. If you're a follower of Jesus here in this room, that means you've, you've already come to that place, to use my analogy, where you've stepped onto the lake and you go, wow, you've met Jesus. Then actually, I, I want to pray for you that, that that love will become even more apparent, even more clear to you, even more revealed to you. Because I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, and I need this love every day. I, I, I don't mind admitting that. I don't mind confessing that. Um, you know, people say Christianity is a crutch. I, I, no, no, it's more than that. It's a foundation. It's a framework. It's the whole deal. It's, I, 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 listen, I, I don't even know how my iPad works let alone run the universe. So I have to trust in someone who knows what he's doing. And the Lord knows what he's doing. And that's why even as a long-time follower of Jesus, every day I come, Lord, open my eyes to see a bit more of this love, to see a bit more of this grace, to see a bit more of your glory and your greatness, so that I can become everything you want me to become. Amen. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe this is your first time in church and it's freaked you out a little bit. Maybe, whoa. When's this going to be over so I can get to the pub? Um, but actually, do you know what? Maybe the reason you're here is because God wanted you to hear this. I, I don't really believe in coincidences. I'm a great believer in God incidences. I'm a great believer that God somehow just meets people in different parts of their journey and wants to show them the awesomeness of his love. And maybe that's what started here today. And all I want to do is invite you to open your heart. We're about to close this service, and the danger is you'll rush out back to your world, shut down your heart, close this all out. But actually, this could be a moment where in faith you go, hey, I'd like to step onto that lake. I've no idea what that looks like, but I'd like to step onto that lake and just see what happens. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.